everyone, welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I'm Simone de Rochefort, and I'm joined by Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, and Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable.com. Good evening, ladies. Hello. So many voices What's went into that intro. <laughs> what is crackalackin', Brie? Us. Many, many things are crackalackin'. Right now, my Mac is crackalackin' this trying to, like, calculate <laughs> light mass. Like, my electricity bill, I looked at it this month, I'm like, holy crap, that's really high because I've, like, been working on lighting all month. Oh, no. <laughs> it just, like, goes up because we have a whole render form here for light. So. Don't light your house. Light your games. That's true. I should just... It's like, I wonder what t- what takes more energy. It's a good question. Like, this is true. Like, when I'm doing a lot of renders and light mass stuff, because we have, like, a whole, a whole um, you know, light mass calc farm here in the office, um, I don't even heat that room over the winter because it just <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> creates so much heat. Like, <laughs> times when I'm like, oh, I got to open up a window. It's so terrible. <laughs> you need, like, an ice room to just yeah. do all your your programming work in. Well, I am in Boston. So. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm never yeah. coming back there again. Not after don't, not don't. after it's last a terrible winter. Mistake. Terrible mistake. <laughs> Biggest mistake of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, you don't oh, I can't even say this because I could piss off Red Sox fans. But yeah. Oh, oh it's a don't, terrible town. Don't, yeah. don't, don't do it, Bree. Love yeah, yourself. Okay. I love do I love this town. Yeah, my, my brother my brother was a big Red Sox fan when he was into baseball. So Yeah, yeah. I Why didn't have strong baseball? feelings until I started I going to Fenway with with Frank, and then I found out what happens if you root for the Red so- uh, for the Yankees at a Ooh. Red Sox game, and it's it's bad. Fenway? It's it's not good. At Fenway, yeah. no. Okay, I mean, like in Fe- I now I did once root for the Red Sox at Yankee Stadium, but but <laughs> but I was I, I was I was in like a box, so it's really just like the executives <laughs> who had invited me who were like, who is this rude person? Yeah. Like, I'm, they I they were trying it. to keep you safe. <laughs> is what was that? Is what that was about? God, fools! This is why you, you, know, you only first... get invested in fictional sports, guys. Yeah, there's no true. wrong teams in fictional sports. No, Christina, the first I've only gone to one game at Yankee Stadium, and as we talked about in the first episode of Rocket, this is one where you wrote an episode. Of yes, article I did. I like making I, like, fun of you me. from IGN, and, and I didn't did. even remember you that. Did. So as we're leaving this, um, as we're leaving the stadium, this Red Sox fan is at Yankee Stadium. He starts like pitching a fight with like a Yankees Ugh. fan. Eventually, like. Like he throws a punch at a Yankees fan, and then it's like five Yankees fans just like beating the mess out of him. But the dude was so drunk and obnoxious. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I live in Boston. Welcome to Boston. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, did you have something you wanted to talk about, Bree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was we'll the worst super, segue. We'll be, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, we'll be super quick about it. Um, I just want to thank everybody for all the uh, the positive feedback to last week's episode. You know, it's not an episode we enjoyed doing particularly. Uh, there was a lot of internal debate, and um, what happens as soon as uh, our episode went live? Uh, Samantha, I guess Samantha and Jeff, uh, you know, writing a piece kind of talking about, um, some of, some of her past and, uh, talking about how she was transgender. And I guess I just wanted to say, um, you know, the help that this person needs is not from the Apple community. It is with a therapist and kind of getting all of that in their own life straightened out. So, you know, I wish them the best. I hope it all works out. Uh, but 
Apple community can't help you. So um, best of luck with it. And, um, you know, maybe maybe a few years, things will look different. So, mm-hmm. And we are wiping our hands, thankfully, of that yep. saga. We are moving on. And we're going to talk about Apple products. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. So Apple dropped on us this... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> They dropped it to the floor, if you will, Uh, and it was beautiful. It wasn't beautiful. Okay, so a smart battery case (laughs) that Apple is putting out for the iPhone 6S uh, and iPhone 6 as well. Um, That basically works like a Mophie case, but it's It's a Mophie, but it's by Apple. Sweet, sweet little badunkadunk foam on the it back. Some, I, I feel like that's universally what people have been calling it. Yes, it's it's got junk in the trunk. It's it's got a booty. It's got a booty. It was really yeah. hard for me when I when I did my video review not to make a junk in the trunk reference. Like it was so hard. <laughs> and Why didn't you? I I almost did. It just it didn't feel like appropriate. Like for the video we were doing, it just didn't seem like. We were honestly, we were also really t- con- uh, crunched for time because oh yeah, uh, I I got it on a Friday. We How recorded long? the video, recorded and edited the video on Monday. Wow, so you basically had a weekend with it. Yeah, dang. No, no, no. you should have gone the other way, like licensed baby got back and then had a I video of Christina about... dancing on top of two. <laughs> yeah, no, I was thinking about, it. I was thinking yeah. about that. I also really Cisco's the thong song kept it being in my head like the entire time, <laughs> and that was maybe for like an unrelated purpose. Maybe it just happened to be in my my head, and and I was thinking about Cisco and how much uh, how much I don't miss him. Um, that was, <laughs> I mean, that was a good song. That was like a great one hit wonder, but like that was basically. You know it, but yeah, no. Uh, it's got some junk. It's got some junk in the trunk. It's got it. It's got oh. a little bit of a butt on it. Mm-hmm. You were such an outlier, Christina, because like the Verge's, the Verge's headline is like, "This phone is a design embarrassment for." Apple. No, me and Joanna but both you liked it. Grooved on it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Me, Joanna liked it too. So me and Joanna were like oh, okay. actually in the same camp. Jo- Joanna oh, liked cool, it too. Cool, cool. Yeah. Look, I'll say this: it's not attractive, but it's functional. Okay. And it's That's not fair. as ugly as you would think. So basically how this case works is that it's it's silicone and it's got this like weird bump on the back. And when I saw the bump and like when we all looked at it at the office, we were like, holy <laughs> crap, what is this? We were like, what is this madness? Here's the thing. It doesn't look great, especially like on the outside. But if you actually hold it in your hand, it feels pretty good. Uh, part of that is because they use the same fluorescent or, or, you know, silicone basically that they use on their other cases. So it's soft. And the way that they've designed the bump, I have to give them credit, actually makes it a pretty nice grip. So it actually feels pretty good in the hand. Yeah. One of my problems with some of the other battery cases um, is that even though they might be like sleeker and thinner looking and like like be more uniform on the back and and they kind of are designed kind of like the old like 3GS style, 3G, 3GS style, um, they don't have a lot of grip because they've got like just like this plastic backing, right? So Mm -hmm. it's – you've got a device now that is back heavy. That has this grip, and it's something you can frankly drop. Now, I've I've dropped mine. Um, I've never broke when I've had it on. I've never broken the screen. But Joanna Stern on Twitter was saying that her wife, when she's dropped hers, has, has dropped her Mopi so many times she broke the screen. Um, part of that is because also in in, a, in an attempt, I think, to give it as low of a profile and as thin of a profile as possible, they don't do any sort of protection on the front. And whereas this one has a little bit of a lip, so if you drop it like flat on the ground, like flat on its face, like oh, it's protected. Yeah. So so the bump I'll defend in, in in one way in one way only. It's it does look like crap completely. But other <laughs> other than the, the other than the um, grip, which I, I don't mind. The reason that it has the bump is because the top of it is flexible, and so it makes it easy to get the case in and out 
Oh, or get okay. the phone in and out of the case. So you bend, you know, you, you bend the flat back and you can slide the, the phone in and out of the case. Most cases, uh, most movies are like this. Certainly the anchor cases are like this. There are multiple parts where you have like a bottom part and you usually slide it in at the top. And that's okay if you want to have your case on all the time. I um, mean, some people like like that and like want to do that. But any of these cases, and I've, I've had and, and reviewed a lot of them over the years, tend to add more bulk than I would like. So it's usually one of those things where I'm not the per- type of person who always wants to have like a, a case, especially a battery case on my phone at all times. If you are that sort of person, I understand why getting in and out might not be that important. But for me, especially considering it is pretty freaking ugly, it's nice to know you can like slip it in and slip it out fairly, fairly yeah. easily. And you go caseless usually. So for I you, it would just be a matter of taking out the, the smart case and slipping it on and letting it charge for a yes. while. Exactly. Okay, that does make a lot of sense. Exactly. For me, like I, I'm imagining – what I, my situation right now is I just carry a charger around with me all the time. That's yeah, that's what, what a lot I of people do. do. Um, that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. And I imagine if I had a smaller purse, like if I were more fashion conscious in that way, that wouldn't really work out for me. And I might go for something like this. But right now, I'd rather have, I think, the f- more fashionable uh, transparent case that I have on it right now. Or go caseless like you do. If I were into risk... I carry around like a external battery with a lightning yes. charger and yeah, just same. do that, especially when I travel. Um, yeah. When I'm leaving the house for a meeting or whatever, uh, you know, I have to carry two phones with me because I bifurcate my life between you know private and public. So, um, you know, having two essentially iPhone six pluses, you know, right? Yeah, like it's uh, it's it's enough to get me through my no totally. jaunt across town for a meeting. Generally. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, action packed day. I usually travel with, with with an iPhone 6 and an iPhone 6S, and so it's kind of the same thing. And and I usually, in my purse, if I've got room, I have at least one battery pack in there and, and a lightning cable. Um, but there are times when, you know, especially if you've got more room, like, these battery cases can really come in handy, especially, like, if I'm going out and I don't have room for a bunch of other stuff, like, I could exactly. see it being useful. Like, you know... It's like, okay, I can fit this in a pocket or I can fit this maybe in a coat, but I don't want to take my whole purse and I've got, you know, maybe I just want to take my wallet, wristlet, whatever. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that design-wise, there are definitely some trade-offs, but I understand why they made it the way they made it. And they actually did some pretty smart things with the rest of the design. So the back of it has like a an antenna um, kind of, you know, added to, uh, I guess – um, make it so that you're not going to have bad cell reception when you have the case on. It's not mm-hmm. going to make your cell reception better. It's just, I think, going to like uh, counteract what might happen by normally having a case on it. They've also done a thing on the bottom to basically um, redirect where the speaker is coming through up to kind of your face. The same with the microphone. Oh, that's really so cool. that we can usually, again, when you've got these cases where they cover stuff up from the bottom, it can muffle the sound both of the microphone and the speaker. So they're doing smart things there. Now, my thing, a lot of people, everybody's complaining about the bump. The thing I complained about, the thing that like literally makes me want to tear my hair out is the headphone jack. Mm-hmm. So yeah. again, with all of these cases, it's not just the Apple case. Mophie is definitely um, guilty of this. So is Anchor. So are all of them. Because you're adding something to the bottom because that's how it charges it you have more space between, um, you know, getting into that headphone jack. And so as a result, um, that means that, you know, the, the cord has to has to travel further. Most headphone jacks, unless you're using like the, the Apple ear pods, um, aren't going to be long enough and thin enough the way that they work to fit in there. If you've got a straight edge headphone jack, it'll work. But even some straight um, headphone jacks or uh, headphones don't work. For instance, I had um, some bows that we were testing it with. And and it doesn't work. Um, the ear pods are are thin enough and long enough to work. But my brand new rose gold um, Beats Solo Wireless two headphones, yes, they're wireless, <laughs> but they have 
um, a headphone jack too, and I often use them wired when I'm in the car and stuff because um, I, if, if my battery is dead on my headphones or whatever, um, those don't work with the, oh, the really? headphone. No, they don't. And so you spend $300 on oh, a pair right, of headphones. Oh, right, because you can't reverse the cable. No, One you can't. One of them is angled and the exactly. other is straight, but you can't flip it around. No, you can, yeah, because, but if you yeah. do, you only hear it out of one, one ear. It, it, oh, it becomes mono. that's terrible. So, that's so, terrible. So, so, so basically, you know, Apple's selling a whole bunch of really expensive headphones that will only work with this case if you buy a $10 adapter from Belkin. Now, yeah, the, yeah. the, the adapter I'm not even going to get mad about. I mean, it's ugly and, and stupid. But, like, at least Mophie, the one thing, credit I'll give them, credit where credit is due, they include a headphone adapter with, with it. So do a lot of other companies. If you're going to spend 100 bucks on a case and you're trying to connect them to your $300 headphones or maybe your more expensive headphones, like, you shouldn't have to then spend a ten, buy a $10 ugly oh, adapter. absolutely yeah, not. I mean, it's like if when I bought my, you know, Apple ACD or Thunderbolt display and it was after MagSafe 2 came out, which yeah. they threw in an adapter. Yeah, I was going to say, but I, they threw I, it in. I have to say... So help me remember this. Like we didn't talk about the rumors that Apple was going uh, to was going to get del- rid of. No, no we didn't talk about that. Jack. We so did I mean, you know, it's kind of older news now. But I I do have to say because I dealt with a lot of people on my Twitter talking about this yes. that were outraged, and this I feel like is an example of you know like the lightning port yep. is passed through because that's not so deep that like this is the whole problem with the 3.5 millimeter exactly because it's so long it's so long you can't have a pass through exactly and you know because of the like it's just physics like you can't do that <laughs> no, with the I mean, same kind of, of jack here i, um, and, and I ju- guess yeah i'm sorry, I was just ahead. gonna say real quickly on, on, on the headphone jack rumor not not to get too deep into that but i think that that's absolutely something apple is the type of company that that will do that you know i don't know if they'll yeah. do it next phone or not but they that's totally their mo for a couple of reasons one they're never afraid to get rid of anything number two yeah. um it's not so much the thinness of of the port although i think that that definitely has something to do with it it's the amount if you look in like if you look through iFixit's teardowns of the phones you see how much space that jack just the hardware takes up it takes up a huge amount of space that space that could be better utilized for more battery for more miniaturized stuff and so they're a company that tries to miniaturize have things to have a case it, that right, has a well, big the, bump in it. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, the case. Well, I mean, they probably still have a bump, but yeah, yeah. I mean, fair enough. If, look, Apple's never going to make their phones thicker, right? Yeah, but that's not who they are. Um, it, it's it's a big enough of 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 uh, an, uh admission that they made a battery case at all, right? Like that's them basically yeah. saying, yeah, look, we know the battery life is is crappy. Um, please buy our accessory and not um one of uh these third parties. But you know, I feel like. This this is the sort of thing where in the future they definitely I, I see them I, I I totally buy the idea that they are definitely looking at you know replacing the three and a half inch with with lightning whether it's USB C back 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 to lightning or not but sorry go on you I know were, you were this will something. be an unpopular opinion um I once you have Bluetooth headphones you can't go back to non Bluetooth I agree. headphones and like in like right now I have wired in headphones yep. because because you're doing I, Skype I can't have it like dying midway but i i'm just saying like bluetooth is a big upgrade as far as this issue itself um i i'd love to get your opinion on the patent thing that the verge was talking about basically saying morphe had uh the patents on this and it's why it has to have like this um 
why it's not smooth on the back back. yeah i mean do you place any like faith in that like how do you Um, feel about that for for the smooth thing i don't know again i almost feel like it was a design consideration that they wanted to make it easy to get the phone in and out and they Mm. liked the grip better i mean maybe that was part of it but i feel like there's i mean apple is is nothing i mean look mopi might have a patent on that but that hasn't stopped (laughs) the likes of anchor and every other company who has a mopi um, want to be mopi out there that's my only thing with that is that literally there are 500 million battery case makers out there who do the same thing so um and and honestly if apple wanted to do that sort of design i'm sure that mophie would agree to some sort of licensing scenario because let's be let's be real mophie makes most of their money on ios products oh absolutely i guess what what i find frustrating about this is the reason like i travel a ton like i leave my house every other week and you know i've certainly looked at like the mophie cases and the reason i don't get that is because they're ugly like that's the bottom line with it and you know i i can think of so many ways that apple could have made this case better like a really good example is like christina do you remember when they announced i'm pretty sure it was the macbook air yeah and they looked at the the battery sections in the back where it kind of tapers in yeah and they were showing like all the different cells and how it tapers up and how that affects like the the bottom of that design and then if you look at the side of like a modern iMac it's got like that very thin edge and then like this kind of more bulbous back yeah so I can imagine a case that would feel good in your hand but might have like a flattened area in the back so it rested on the table I I can just they had an op I I don't disagree I have to wonder if maybe part of it is dealing with batteries at, at, at this level because at least when you're talking about a phone and when you're talking about a laptop you can split those cells into different bits but I yeah. wonder and I don't know this is just me reaching here but I wonder if there are FCC requirements when it comes to battery packs and how they can huh. be packaged and how they can be stored it wouldn't yeah. surprise me to be totally honest if there were regulations about the fact that it has to be a continuous battery it can't be in multiple parts and that it has to be you know a certain way um oh that's smart yeah because like if a macbook battery blows up you know the aluminum has a very high strength exactly ratio, but, but, but in this case protect you from yeah but in this case silicone. you literally is protected yeah. by some fluorescent yeah. right like yeah. and and, and yeah. already there are people who are paranoid and rightly so about the battery packs we carry you know uh the F- faa is actually trying to pass ridiculous regulations about how many battery packs you can like get on a plane or put in your luggage which <laughs> for me like when i travel i've got so many freaking batteries in my luggage yep. it's like you know what I mean? But yeah. so, I, so I wonder if that might be part of it. Um, Because, for instance, Apple wouldn't tell me what the capacity of the case was. Um, I asked them outright, and they said, well, you know, we don't talk about the capacity. We want to talk about ours. And I was like, whatever. Somebody will do a teardown. And then Lauren Good at The Verge pointed out to me that on the inside of the case, and I think this is a, an FCC requirement, um, there is a um, – it, it's printed. It's 1877 milliampers. Oh. <laughs> so they actually had to print it. It's, it's in the tiniest print you could imagine on the, wow. the suede, you know, interior sort of thing. Um, so I, I think, you know, they've got to they've got to abide by d- different CEC and, and other sorts of, you know, FCC sort of um, regulations. And uh, and so I, I would wonder if that might be part of why they were limited cool. in what they could do design wise, because I have a feeling that bat- there are rules regarding how batteries can be packaged for this sort of stuff. Yeah, Speaking no, of a, safety, oh, <laughs> or in fact, payment safely, paying things safely. This episode <laughs> of Rocket is epic, brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you are a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Can we start over? 
Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical. And now you can add similar experience to your own app. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Braintree is also helping solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience, and they make payment experiences in some of your favorite apps seamless and magical. Now you can add similar experiences to your own apps. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment solution, support for all payment types your customers might want, including PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and more, all with a single integration. It is with you across all platforms, and it has superior fraud protection and fantastic customer service and fast payouts. To learn more, and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com rocket. Thank you so much for... Supporting Rocket and Relay FM. <laughs> so I mean, we should probably wrap this topic up. Um, I don't know. I guess I I do have to say, like, I feel like I feel like Apple products, very, very, very generally speaking, um, sometimes they don't perform as well as other other products in the same price range. In the the trade-offs we are willing to make is for design, ease of use, you know, things like that. Are you talking about and, the, the phone case or are you talking about yeah, the phone case, the, the phone case. From what right. I understand, the phone case itself works fine minus yeah, the sure, headphone issue. Sure. Oh, well, I'm saying there's a, a history of, you know, Apple, well, maybe this is almost the new Apple, but there used to be a stereotype about, you know, Apple products being overpriced and underpowered. I think that was before like the the MacBook Air era where you're actually getting a lot of machine for the money. Um, but I guess I would say that I it doesn't speak well to me for this case to I mean, if it's really ugly in pictures. Like it's really horrible to me. And um, I just, I, I can't think of another product that Apple has released that just makes me go like, Ugh, I would judge you if I saw you. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that, that's almost, I mean, high how high. old is that? What year was that again? Uh, 2005. Yeah, like that's, that's a long yeah, time okay, ago. Okay, that's you fair. I, yeah. It definitely, like, it loses that beautiful, smooth profile, but I feel like it's something that they could potentially iterate on. I mean, this is the first generation of a, a smart case of an apple smart case like this correct yeah yeah so yeah. I, I feel like there's definitely room to improve and the fact that it's so easy to put on and off that that appeals to me in terms of just how i would use it but again that does kind of tie back into the fact that i wouldn't use it all the time because it's ugly so yeah no yeah. i mean totally i mean six of one half a dozen of another i mean I, i'm actually kind of writing a comparison between some of like the top three like battery cases i I do have I do have to say like the smart aspect of it in this we I didn't actually get to to, to jump to to uh, to mention real quickly but the big benefit that I think it has over any of the other cases is because Apple makes it um, a you can always see how much battery percentage your case and your phone has just from notification yeah. center like that's on your phone yeah. but the big thing is that it the both parts of it charge through lightning so how the other cases work is that it's got a little lightning port on the bottom and that reads from the battery but then if you want to charge the case you've got to plug it into micro USB now for some people that's not a problem. And some people actually say, oh, that's a plus because I don't like carrying around a, a lightning cable. I carry around micro USB. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. 
<laughs> I'm not one of those Sorry, people. Sorry, to that I, I would say why. <laughs> I, I'm not one of those people. I carry around a lightning cable at all times because, you know, I'm an iPhone user yeah. and, like, my battery dies. If you have an but, iPhone... Like, Anyway, go but, on. But, like, being able to charge both through the same cord is great. And the fact that if you're using a 10-watt or higher adapter, it'll charge both at the same time is really smart. So, I mean, yeah, I, I uh, that's – I think, like, for the $99 price point, they're going head-to-head with the Mophie um, uh, Juice Air, um, which has higher capacity, granted. Um, but I think that most people are happy with basically doubling their battery life. I think that's what they want from a case. Um, if you want more than that, I think honestly, an external battery pack is your best bet rather than a case. So yep. if you're going, they're going head to head with Mophie. And if I'm Mophie, I would be kind of scared because I think that a oh, lot yeah. of people, you know, are going to buy the Apple one cause it's the Apple one and it's got kind of the smart connector. You know, you can see the, um, the, the, the status and whatnot. It does a really good job of, of knowing when you know, to, to, um, charge and, and, and how to, how to, how it kind of siphons stuff off. It does a really good job. Um, and, uh, it's not the most attractive thing, but none of them really are. So, I mean, I just feel like I, I understand totally what you're saying, Brie, and it is weird to see them do this product. Like I was shocked when I got it. I was like, is this a real thing? And like, people saw it and people like at the office, they were like, wait a minute, why does it have an Apple logo on it? That's not real. I'm like, no, this is real. <laughs> um, but I mean, I guess I kind of think at the end of the day, like, Everybody else has uh, battery cases. Like, they might as well join the party. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's legit. I think that's legit. I guess, um, you know, I I, want to, like, close this topic out with a thought. And that's, you know, I never have understood why Apple abandoned the bumper case, which I thought was a really good trade-off from some amount of protection. And, you know, the era where the iPhone 4 came out, they were not using, you know, this, it, it wasn't Gorilla Glass 2 back then. And there was the problem of, like, dropping it and the, the screen smashing in the bumper case. I, I would be very interested to see if, like, you know, that would still be a problem if they, they brought that back. Because I thought that was a cool innovation on cases because oh, it doesn't totally. really affect the the thickness of it. And, you know, it didn't really, it, it helped grippiness and it added like this small amount of color and a personal touch to it. It wasn't like gross. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I just, I like I've, in cases. fact, I loved them a lot and I've looked for like third party ones and they're always mega unbelievably disappointing. Yeah. So. Do you think it's because the, the, the sides now are, are curved? I mean, it was easy when they were like those shimmerford edges, you know, yeah. you, you could kind of have, you could make a the argument that you could do that. I think now just kind of that, that, that that's kind of sloping curves the way that it's kind of done. Having yeah. a bumper sort of thing might, you know, especially now they have like lower bezels too. The only, like yeah. looking at my phone now, I'm thinking like they'd be hard to have one of those cases without like infringing on the screen, which if you were covering up the screen at all, that'd be like a deal breaker. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. With it being so close to the edge. I don't know. I just miss those cases. Yeah, I, I miss those cases too. I'm with you. I like those. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I and I do thank Apple for giving me one for free as part of my iPhone 4 penance. Because <laughs> if you bought the iPhone 4 and Nintendo Gate happened, they were like, we will give everyone $35 in credit at the Apple Store for a case you want. And I like bought a Belkin one and they sent it to me and then I somehow got like Ew. a second one for free too. It was like a weird thing yeah. where I got one of the Apple bumper ones. So thanks Apple. Did you get to go to the Antenna Palooza press conference? I was invited, but I sent someone else from Asheville who no longer oh. works there. Because I lived, oh. in Atl- I lived in Atlanta at the time, but I was invited. Oh. And true story, the person who went to that conference for Mashable did such a poor job representing <gasps> us that we were blacklisted for three freaking years. No. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then talk that. about me who's livid and angry and, like, beside myself and apoplectic. I'm like, yeah, you had one job. 
Yeah, yeah. Don't blow it. You had one. I don't know. If I can pick any apple, not to enrage. Don't insult. I mean, like, look, I got myself blacklisted from BlackBerry a couple of times, but like the whole company was never blacklisted. I was just no, not BlackBerry. Oh, in my case, that was actually. No, it wasn't justified. It was BS. So what happened was they had this billion-dollar app fund, this venture firm, like, what the, was all about, like, apps being the next big thing. Like, there had been this iPhone app fund, and somebody decided to do a BlackBerry fund. This is in 2009. This is before I worked at Mashable. And I had a phone call with someone from um, from BlackBerry and somebody from the fund. And I'm asking questions. And I was like – and at the time, I was actually a BlackBerry user. I also had an iPod Touch. But I was a BlackBerry user. And I was like, so when are the apps not going to suck anymore? And they got really offended. They're like, wow. our apps are best in class. And I was like, no, actually, they're not. I was like, your apps are nowhere near best in class. So how are you going to encourage people to build, like, first-class app experiences? This is, like, March of 2009. And they were, like, completely unwilling to see reality. And I was completely taken off of any sort of press outreach, any sort of anything. And then I was, like, let back on a list, like, a year and a half later when a different person joined. And wow. then I trashed the phone and I was taken off again. <gasps> um, and uh, – but it was just really funny because I, I, like – I remember getting off the phone from that interview and like turning to my my then boyfriend, now husband, and being like, that was the worst interview I've ever done in my entire life. And he was like, really? I was like, I somehow, it's like they've never heard their app sucked before. <laughs> um, and I was a BlackBerry user. But like, I was like, if you're going to have a billion dollar like venture fund towards like apps, like it begs the question, okay, so what are you going to do to like encourage people to build like best in class apps? And, and, and you know what? Honestly, like BlackBerry, it took them... It was four years after that phone call before they finally launched their next generation operating system, which still didn't have an app strategy. And another, yeah, four years. And then it was another two and a half years after that when they finally, this year, this October, basically admitted defeat and released an Android phone because they still don't have, their app story is still so ridiculous that the only way BlackBerry can even begin to compete and like sell like people on their their Bez their their uh, multi device manager um, system is by being like oh, here's an Android phone. It gives anyway. me so much hope that you have built a career, a wonderful career, and that has included being blacklisted by BlackBerry. Yeah, and BlackBerry <laughs> when they mattered. I mean, honestly, like when they mattered. No, I mean, totally. We've all been blacklisted one time or another. I think we've all gone through that where there have been companies who are like, I'm no longer talking to you. And you're like, and sometimes it's justified. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, you know what? I was a little salty. And then sometimes it's like, actually, no, BlackBerry. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was an honest question, BlackBerry. Was- Why do you suck? And honestly, like, I wasn't out of line asking it. It was a question that needed to be no, asked. No, no, no. That's reality. Again. If they don't know that about their product, they should have doing them a favor. They should have had an answer at least. It's if like not, they never like, even contemplated the fact that, like, at least a fake answer for you, <laughs> right? Oh, completely. But they, I just never, I'll never forget the Canadians were so insulted. Like, how dare I imply that their apps were not best in class? And I'm like, really? Are, are you unaware? Are you blind? I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize you had you 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 were you. Like, I'm sorry. I, I thought this was a known thing. Like, I, right. I, I thought I was a journalist. I'm sorry. Well, hey, no, but not like that. I just... App stores. Oh, yeah. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, Brianna, you bring that up at the perfect time because Such we're going to talk about... Uh, okay, so Tatcha Arcade uh, put out an article talking, discussing how the best-selling apps on the Apple TV App Store are making $100 a day on a good day. And so usually Eesh. less than that. And that is compared to what apps make on iOS. Like change just small change and that's yeah it's really bad i don't i i don't think i know enough about 
app stores to say if this is something that's just happening because it's such a relatively young app store or because the Apple TV hasn't sold enough yet. But I know I, it's not good. I don't well, think, I think it sales. I think it leads into Christina. You had a, a piece this week. And I think like these two stories kind of go together. So do you want to talk about that? Yeah. So, I mean, basically, you know, there are a bunch of new apps that are kind of showing off the potential of the Apple TV beyond just even like games or casual games. You know, I, and I, I got to talk to some Apple TV app developers and some of the interesting things they're doing. So like there's this company called HomeAway, which is like the largest vacation um, rental out there. They're like a legit Airbnb. It's like a place where you know if you wanted like a legit like nice somebody's nice vacation home, like they actually like buy a property and upkeep it for the purpose of like renting out. But like they are actually like fully above board and like bonded and stuff, not like Airbnb. This is who you would use. And this is a company that actually Expedia like last month paid $3.2 billion for. So this is like not a small company. Um, anyway, they have an app that um, just came out. And so you can do the typical thing where you can like browse, um, you know, vacation rentals and you can book from from the TV or, or send a link to your phone, iOS or Android. When that's all, all well and good. But the cool part is they actually have this like concierge mode for like home for rental owners where they can set up. They have like a way already in their system where people can upload all the information about the rental, like how to open up the the flume on the fireplace, because that's like a big question people always want to know. Like the fireplace is there. How do I use the fireplace? You know, you don't want to burn down the vacation rental. Um, what's the Wi-Fi password? You know, what are restaurants or places nearby? What are some other things? How how do I get into this? What are what's some other information? And on their platform, they've let people upload all that stuff and, and you can use it in your app. Um, but now they've actually built a concierge things for the Apple TV for, for the vacation owners, homeowners to actually make it like, you know, when you're at a hotel and you can like do your like hotel check in and check out like from the TV. It's like that experience, but on the Apple TV. So you can like pull up all the information, like here's the Wi-Fi password. Here's the other information. Here's the photos. Here's other stuff that's happening, which is kind of cool. Um, and uh, Daily Burn is actually doing a thing called Daily Burn 365. And, and they're doing it not just on Apple TV. They're doing it on their other platforms too. But what they're actually – it launches full blast on January 1st. But what they're basically doing is it's going to be like a live – workout um session every morning at 9 a.m and it's a different session every day and kind of a different trainer and a different sort of you know routine and you can tune in live and if you don't tune in live you can watch it on demand but you can only watch it for the next 23 and a half hours and then the next day it's reset um but they're actually doing like a thing where you can actually interact with other people who are um you know uh, exercising too you can ask the trainers questions and and interact with them um, Taste Made, which has a really great Snapchat Discover channel, they basically kind of brought their Snapchat experience to the Apple TV. The app, their Apple TV app is one of the most beautiful I've seen. If you, if you have the new Apple TV, you want to check out Taste Made's app. They're a company that's basically trying to be like the the, the scripts or like the you know travel network um, for the, like the modern era. It'd be like a food network or you know travel channel we're launching today. Like that's what Taste Made is. And a lot of their content is user generated, but it's like really high quality. Um, and then they have some stuff that, you know, they they do themselves. And you just can watch these kind of like these quick videos and kind of swipe through using the remote. They have an on-demand library. Um, Song Pop, uh, which, you know, is a great game on, on iPhone and, and um, Android and, and Facebook, has a party game now for Apple TV, um, which is insanely fun and insanely addictive. Um, so I, I guess what I'm getting from this is that while the – while the the while the sales for traditional apps have not been great, maybe what we need to be thinking of the Apple TV as 
is really a whole different economy from yes. phones, which it is because there is a lot of stuff that you can do. And this, this really ties back into what I've been saying all along about how the people who play iPhone games aren't going to be playing on the, them on the Apple TV because they have no reason to. But something that you can do as a group or something like that that you would do in your home as a li- traditional living room activity like listening to music or I, checking yeah. out of a hotel that's maybe but again i think it's hard to monetize that in a way where like you're consistently spending money like people do on I apps mean, i have to say i have to say like i think i mean the wider point of you know touch arcade's article here was talking about Apple's inability to replicate the success of the App Store. So it started with talking about the MAS, the Mac App Store, which I use. I love, but talking about how many developers have fled from that. And Christina, let's be honest, you and I know a lot of them. You and I know a lot of developers have, have put Here's their- one thing, though, I'll say about that. Most of them aren't fleeing because they're not making money. They're fleeing because they aren't able to take advantage of certain APIs they need, and they don't get the upgrade support, and their reviews last too long. It is not a financial and the, issue. And the customer experience in, 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 is in, not in good. Fact, but I, I do act- know I people- I mean, I yeah. know some people, but I would I, I would push back on, on, on the money part a little bit because I actually know developers, including my friend Brett Terpstra, who have gone through the hoops to put their app in the Mac App Store because they make tenfold the amount in the Mac App Store, even with Apple's cut, than they do selling independently. Just well, because... I would say I would say the people I have professional connections with are more on the game side. And I think, you know, that's just a, the difference in what we do. Totally. And I would say the people, <laughs> because it's not... I mean, we're not talking about a lot of money to like re-engineer something to release it on, say, Steam versus the MAS. No, but oh, we totally. definitely do have to like you know test it and work I think with you their probably platform make more Steam, and sure. all of that. I'm just talking and about traditional. Apps. I do know developers that have looked at the money that they get here. And look, I could talk for a year about how Steam is a flawed platform, but it's so we're getting off point here. Like the main point being. You know, MAS, Apple has like tried to recreate the success of the App Store there. And yeah, maybe we can argue this been a, a success or not. But if you look at like the Apple Watch. Yeah. Um, not... I wear my Apple Watch every damn day. Me too. I like my Apple Watch. I, I don't use I'm a lot glad of apps. I bought my Apple Watch. The only app I use on it is fitness and calendar. And that's it. <laughs> I think that's um, a better and... comparison to the iPhone, honestly. Like comparing the TV to the iPhone is so different because the TV is not with you on your body every day but the watch is i think i think that the problem with the tv i mean and one of the reasons why what i think this actually shows isn't so much the lack of adoption of the platform because i actually don't think that the lack of sales has anything to say about how many of the apple tvs have been sold i think that a lot of downloads i mean i would actually be interested in looking at what free download figures are from from people who have apps in the app store maybe i can ask you know our mashable developer teams to to sit to give me a hint of what our download numbers have been like because we have an app in the in the in the apple tv app store I think the bigger problem, and this is actually an issue that um, I want to touch on in a, in a post that I hopefully get to get out by the end of the year, and I think the biggest problem with the, with the Apple TV App Store um, is the discover. It's two things: the discovery mechanism. It's really, I mean, even though they have categories and they have charts now, it's hard to find stuff. But here's the bigger problem: at least with the Mac App Store, whether we can call it success or failure, and, and people have had ups and downs with it, that the Apple Watch. App Store and um you know obviously the, the the App Store there's a web component where you have a link and you can see what it is and you can spread those links around and download and make purchases. There's no way, for instance, for me to link when I write an article about an Apple TV app. I can't link to that app. A link doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's a huge problem, and I honestly think that's why those apps are only making hundred dollars a day. 
because there's no way for people to put it on a wish list. There's no way for people to make a purchase on their phone or on their computer and then have it downloaded to the TV. You've all got to do it on the TV itself. And right now, that's not a great experience. We already know how terrible it is to have to use like the, you know, to type in yeah. um, your commands. You can speak and, and search for things, but Siri doesn't necessarily work great if you don't know a specific app name. So if you're just trying to kind of browse around for apps, you're probably going to maybe start with some of the free stuff. And then by the time you get to any paid apps, especially on a TV platform, I feel like it's it's a hard it's a hard road road to go. Whereas if you were able to like read a review and then click a link and buy it, yeah. you'd be a lot more willing to do that. I think what it also speaks to, and this is actually something I think Bree that goes back to the Mac App Store criticisms is. Although I'm in general not a big proponent of free trials because I think that they get messy and I think that they can be problematic, I do think that for the Apple TV, again, because of this lack of a link, because of the fact that you can't access it, you know, it's it's all ingrained within the Apple TV system, I do feel like it would be an easy way for people to say, hey, let me try this game before I buy it because the experience in the living room is going to be fundamentally different than what you've got. You know kind of what to expect on your phone at this point. You know Mm -hmm. what to expect on your computer. You don't really know what to expect on your TV. And so I think that there's a lot of plenty of people who are like, well, why why do I want to pay $5 for this game? You know, I've got the same $5 again when I've already bought it on, you know, my my phone. Like, what's the point? Because I don't know what the experience is going to be like. I don't know how the controller is going to work. I don't know how the remote is going to be responsive. Maybe it'll be fun. Maybe it won't be. I mean, I talked about this in my Mac Life column this month that I think um, it's almost like the future of the Apple TV is it goes in one of two directions, right? Like it can try to kind of excel at like the older content, right? So it could work on the experience of like the remote app. A lot of people are complaining about wasn't included in the update, right? And kind of get the typing experience down. Um, something I talked about is, you know, if they are going to be a game store, if that is going to be something that they're choosing to do, I was very happy to see Apple TV like work with Unity to yeah. like get Unity to support on that platform. Now what they need to do is to like go and seriously work with Unreal, you know, if they get Unreal to work, there are a lot of older games, and I'm not even talking like hardcore games. Like I'm saying, like simpler games, like you. Know, I love my dogs fish. There would be a really good fit for that, um, for that, for that platform. So I think they've got to either figure out to like, okay, look, we have one foot in the past. We're staying here. Let's deepen the content. Let's deepen all of this over here. Let's re- release an official game controller. Christina, to your article, I was reading it and I thought that there were so many interesting ideas about what the future of TV could be. Yeah. But I think the problem is when I sit down on my Apple TV, I'm doing it to get a Netflix-like experience to this (laughs) day. I'm doing it to watch Jessica Jones or Star Trek or, you know, Continuum, which is a show that's criminally underrated. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, like that's what I'm doing. And I think, like, exactly. And I think, like, I, I also think it's really unfair to criticize the Apple TV and what the the platform is going to look like until after Christmas is over. My experience with getting an Apple TV is I was like, meh, I'll get it whenever, maybe. And then I went to the Apple store and I bought an expensive product. And it's like, oh, well, I'm buying a 12-inch MacBook today. Why don't I throw in a hundred bucks for an Apple TV? Yeah, and right. I think like that's, and they pushed me. I wouldn't say pushed me hard on it, but they were like, hey, do you know about this? And I... I think that that's going to be a common experience as the holiday goes on. Yeah. 
And I think that's when we kind of need to um, assess if this platform is going to be in trouble. Definitely. I think that's fair. No, I think that's totally fair. And and, and, um, I think that I mean, I was disheartened to read that Touch Arcade article because it's it's sad. You want people to be able to be rewarded for building apps for this platform because I I firmly believe that there are a lot of great ideas. And just see, talking to some of the Apple TV developers and seeing their excitement, it was funny. I was kind of taken back to the early days of the iOS app store and people kind of exploring, you know, those categories. And I feel like there's so much room. I mean, like you said, Bree, there's so many great ideas. I just hope that they can sell that vision to the people who actually buy the product because you're dead on. One of the main reasons we do still buy this is I think we're, a lot of us are still stuck. And, and frankly, this is partially because it took Apple so long to release the product. Um, you know, it was it was so many years overdue, frankly, is that we all are still kind of sitting. We assume that it's like the old Apple TV where all you can really do is just watch video content, not realizing hey, there's actually this whole platform and experience. And they're actually, I mean, to, to their credit, I think, and I didn't really even realize this until I talked to some of the developers, how much freedom they're getting from Apple to kind of build whatever they want. There might be some restrictions in terms of how stuff can be downloaded and, and the size of different files. And I know some game makers have had some problems with things. But when it comes to, to apps and it, apps that aren't specifically games, there's an awful lot they can do that, you know, frankly, they can do a lot more on the TV than they can do on the watch. Um, and it would be a shame if this platform, you know, didn't, if people didn't get to maybe take advantage or, or experiment because we're all so stuck in the motif that, oh, well, it's just a way to watch Netflix. This episode of Rocket is also brought to you by Hover. Um, I are, okay. So our offer code for Hover today is hello. And yes. I so wanted to introduce this segment by going, Hello. It's hover. Oh my god, that but- was so good, Simone. Those were really good. That was really good, Adele. Seriously, thank you. It'll never happen again. I, I assure you, it was the heat of the moment. She overtook me. I was possessed by the spirit of Adele. If you too you, would like to, presumably like Adele does, own a website with a good domain name, <laughs> hover is how you should do that is it is the best way to buy and manage domain names it makes it super easy it takes all the complications out of that process once you have a name and if you don't have a name yet parenthetical statements you can if you don't have a name for your website you can just search in keywords and hover and it'll like offer you suggestions including like all kinds of different tlds it'll like give you word suggestions to go with your words like if i were looking for church for example it might offer me sexychurch.com which as you know is what i am all about that that filthy filthy church url um but anyway <laughs> and then if you have a name <laughs> oh no oh no i've killed brianna wu i'm sorry um if i wanted to buy save It'd be very easy to do that. Type it in, see the availability, see all the different TLDs that I could buy. It doesn't have to be a .com, although they do have uh, .com domains for $12.99, which is pretty awesome. So anyway, as you can see, the process of finding your domain name is is fun, and it can be fun and creative, and you can kind of just explore your different options there. And then when, you, when it comes time to check out, you don't have to go through a thousand different screens and a thousand different add-ons and last-minute price changes. They make it simple. You get what you want, and then you check out, and then you have your own wonderful website. And aside from the .com domains, they have a bunch of fun ones like um, .co.me.sexy.coffee.church, which is my favorite... 
And <laughs> those all include who is privacy for free because you should be able to keep your information private. And they have fantastic, fantastic customer support, uh, both with people, human beings, and with robots. Um, and if what? you know anything about me, you know I love robots probably more than I love human beings. Wait, wait, wait. A robot? What? I mean, probably <laughs> they have documents online that you could check. I- I'm referring to the internet as a robot, which is Are you saying IG88 is going to come to my house and help me Actually, build my yes. Website? That is definitely okay. what I'm saying. Okay, good. Yes. Good. Pro- actually, they're, they'll probably send the little robot from the new Star Wars because they're, they're super on top of things like that. Was it BB-88 or whatever? Yeah. 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 He's coming to your house right now. <laughs> he's on his way. I texted him. He's going to come pick you up in his, his Jag. He's going to take you downtown. Because he's a Jag. He's a ball. He drives a Jaguar. What are you talking about? He can't <laughs> roll. Thing, he's a when ball. he's picking up friends, he can't roll. You're not going to roll on top of him. He can't carry you. All right, all right. So don't argue with me about this guy. <laughs> There's a reason. There's a reason that I read the ads, Brianna Wu, and it's because I know okay. everything that's up. Okay. So and okay. so with Hover's valet service, you can also transfer from your current provider. They'll take care of everything for you, whether you have ten domains or two hundred. So they basically simplify every part of the whole starting your website process. And if you want ten percent off your first purchase, use code Hello. <laughs> at checkout oh my god to get 10 percent off your hover purchase and then you can use that 10 percent that you save to buy adele's 25 if you are one of the only people on the planet who has not purchased it um breaking news you guys well maybe not breaking but apparently this was released announced today she sold another 1.1 million copies of the album oh her second god. week that's incredible right we so were- we're talking like we're talking like four and a half million copies in two weeks. We should never have doubted her, honestly. I, I no, I, I, I who so doubted I, Adele? Um, I Christina didn't doubt did. her. I did actually. Okay. I, I didn't All doubt right. her. I doubted that she would beat in sync. I just didn't think this music climate would ever do that. So I would like to take this time before, in front of God and everyone, to say, Adele, I'm sorry for doubting you. Um, I, you know, I, I, I try to call a thousand times and haven't been answering. And so I just have to say this, you know, I'm sorry for, for, you know, everything that I've done. And, you know, um, anyway, thank you. Okay. So yeah. Um, thank you so much, Hover, for supporting Rocket and all of Relay FM. You're awesome. Cheerio. On to sadder topics. Oh, Christina, I very rarely see you get mad. You were <laughs> so you mad. mad about this. You oh, I'm so mad. Angry about this. Yeah, it's been an infuri- So SNL put out a sketch that. Uh, how would you describe it, Christina? Just throw some adjectives out there. <sighs> Unfunny. Unfunny. Dumb. Unfunny. Dumb. Dumb. Dumb concept. Really dumb concept. Uh, unfunny. They really um, hit they hit directly to the heart of this of things that annoy us on this podcast, yeah. which is that they decided to mock women tech reporters, which yeah. seems like a you know, of all the demographics you could mock. Why? It's like can't we just be like why? honestly it's like you know, it's and it seemed oddly like out of place. Like it seems like an odd thing to joke. Like, so, 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 a little bit of background uh, during Weekend Update, and I have to say this this week's SNL, and some people got really offended that I dared call this an uneven season of SNL. Uh, I'm sorry, it is, and I'm sorry. I like Ryan Gosling, but he wasn't that great. Like I, we all laughed when he couldn't, you know, keep his chill during the um, alien abduction um, sketch. But like, I mean, he was fine. But like, um. 
he uh, basically what during Weekend Update, uh, Colin Jost is, is talking. He's like, oh, well, now, you know, talk about tech gifts, you know, to, for, for, for the holiday season. Let's bring on, you know, Glamour's tech reporter. Uh, what's her Jill face? Davenport. Jill Davenport. Played to talk to us Strong. about. Uh, yeah, to talk to us by Cecily Strong. Let's talk about, you know, top gadgets of the holiday season. So she comes out and she's just like, oh, my God, Colin, you're so cute. Oh, I'm mean, like, you, the way you said my name was so sexy. Oh, my God. Like, you said it in a really funny way. She's like, let me take out this jacket. I don't even find my wearing this. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm cold now. Can I wear your jacket? And look at you. You're so sweet. Then for some reason, she pulls out, you know, a, a popsicle. It's stupid. The whole the uh. whole joke was, the whole reason the whole thing was funny, in their in their opinion, from, you know, like, like writing the sketch, like, oh, well, this would be funny, A, that there would be a tech reporter for Glamour because there's no way that a female-focused magazine, that a beauty magazine could have any interest in technology, mm. right? And B, that, that a female tech reporter, because that's also funny too, right, is so completely not connected to gadgets and doesn't know anything that all she wants to do is flirt with Colin Jost. Right. And, you know, like, the if you study the structure of comedy, like, comedy is truth before anticipation, right? Like, someone says something, it rings true with you, and that's why it's funny. And what makes this skit so painfully unfunny is, like, if you know any woman tech reporter, it's not that they know their It's like, they know their so much more than the male Mm -hmm. counterparts right next to them. And it's just like... It's not a funny skit because there's no truth in it, right? Yeah, it's the it is the stereotype. Like that's as deep as it goes. And I didn't even know like I knew it was a stereotype, but I did not know that it was something that on such a like that it would be comedy fodder like this. It just baffles me. Like cuz it seems like something that most people aren't that's not just on their minds like as they're watching SNL. It was just really off I don't off get beat. It. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say the, that was the thing that bothered me the most. Like, I could take skewering, I could take even sexist comedy as long as it were funny. Like, if you wanted to make fun of, like, you know, there'd be a way I, I'm sure to make a, 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 you know, flirtatious female tech reporter segment funny. Um, this was not the way. To, it would still be sexist and still be offensive, but I could laugh. The reason I wrote my article, like my little op-ed, like raging against it, and then actually, frankly, not just raging against the article, but then ra- raging against the sketch, rather, but raging against the fact that no one else cared. Like, yeah. literally, there was, like, collective silence. And then Glamour, I'm not going to give them a pass on this. Their response was basically to be like, teehee, we'd have to talk to her. She clearly went off script. We'll have to talk to her on Monday. Hee 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 hee. It's like, screw <laughs> off, man. Like, honestly, yeah. Glamour, like, you you know what, Conde? You don't need that relationship that badly. You can be like, WTF. Like, this isn't cool. Um, yeah. But, like at least be funny like to me that was the that was that was the insult to injury like at least be humorous if you're going to insult my job and my gender at least make me laugh but you they didn't even do that it was just it was it was weak and it was like it was just pathetic and 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 what bothered me if i'm being honest i'd love to hear you guys' feedback because i got a ton of blowback on this some of the men's oh. rights activist forums oh, clearly yeah. found it because the comments on that post are not what you typically see on mashable like they're nuts and then i've had emails and i've had things on facebook and my twitter has gone crazy and putting aside the mansplaining which i love while men are explaining to me why i should find something funny that's clearly not funny <laughs> and also insisting that it's satire when they don't understand what satire is it's like actually there are different types of humor and even if you consider this to be funny which it wasn't um 
this isn't what satire is. So like the mansplaining, even all that aside, like what bothered me is that there were some people, some men and some women, frankly, who were like, well, they weren't really making fun of tech reporters. They were making fun of glamour and the idea that glamour would have a tech reporter. Full stop. I'm going to call BS on this. I'm not about to claim that glamour is like the bastion of like high fluting like journalism, right? But I'm also not going to dismiss what they do. And I think that the very notion that we think that it's funny to think that a a woman's lifestyle brand would have um, a tech reporter is something that in and of itself is so funny that it can be fodder for a three-minute sketch on SNL is BS. No. Because all in these this public- climate, I would not be surprised. Vogue, Glamour, whatever. Of course they do. Rack to dot com. Have, to have tech reporters oh, talking oh, no, about they, stuff. I, they like, absolutely do. They absolutely do. I've been recruited by, by, by some of those publications. And and, and my, my my reasons for not being interested actually have had nothing to do with, with the fact that they're women's publications. It's usually been just the, 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 role, the type of role offered. But like – um, no, of course they do. Why do they? Because technology is part of all of our lives. I've had this conversation at Mashable, uh, the number of people over the years. There's no such thing as a pure tech story. Every story has a tech element with it, right? Mm-hmm. Everything sure. has a tech element. And we, we, everything we talk about, whether we're talking about pop culture on this show or we're talking about more serious tech news or other things, there's a, you can find a tech angle in anything because it's part of the fabric of our lives. So the idea that it should be silly that a women's lifestyle brand would be interested in tech undermines the fact that 50% of the people using technology are women. More, I mean, look, the three of us, I'm sure, spend more on our accessories for our phones and more on apps and more on other things than most men, you know? Um, Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and I think that that's the, the idea that we still are trying to genderize um, in, in, in paternalistic roles, um, you know, the, the idea that technology can only be used by men and appreciated by men and that women aren't interested is such a disservice and sets us so far back, especially when we're trying to get younger girls interested in STEM. We're trying to get them interested in coding. We're trying to do these other things. Well, you know what? That's really great. We want to encourage people to go in and learn to code and, and, and be interested in engineering careers and things like that. And I love that. But also, let's just be real and say that a big part of the, the barrier to entry from a lot of that is they think they can't do it. And, and, and the whole notion, but the fact is we're all technical people, you know? Sure. Like some of our well, biggest it's unconscious bias, right? It is. Christina, like, like it's like okay so there is this culture out there and i see this all the time in the game industry which is why so many women i know that work as reporters in our field we're talking about your piece all week christina and it's like there's this unconscious bias that okay if you're a woman and you're going to be on camera for something like you have to be gorgeous and like um you know there's this idea that you can't like have opinions about what eyeshadow looks good with what lipstick and also care about technology, which is just unconscious bias. It's just simply unconscious bias. And this is so unbelievably harmful. I'm not going to give names, but I know a journalist, a, a very high profile journalist in game development. And, you know, she goes out there and her background is in hard news and she gets real scoops real stories, does really, really, really interesting, important work. And then you see her get massacred in comments when she does a video of people like picking her looks apart. So if you're like making fun of this, like, oh, look at this woman that's beautiful and also cares about tech. <laughs> like, okay, so great. We're going to get a woman that's maybe not so into fashion and cares about tech. Oh, we're going to rip her to pieces. Okay, where's the point where you can have a career without bull****? Yeah, yeah. Like, is absolutely. there any way to do this and win? Because the it's... It's a joke that I agree with you if it was funny or if there was some truth there, 
I I would be laughing, but right. it's just it, I, I might still not love it. There's no yeah. There's just no. It's not funny. It's because completely it's not divorced accurate. from reality too. Yeah, because that right. woman doesn't exist. No, she right. doesn't. There's no way that Glamour no. Magazine, no matter what you think of them, wouldn't would would um. Agree. Hire a tech reporter who doesn't well, know exactly, anything. Exactly, who doesn't know anything. Or, or who, frankly, would go on, I mean, the conceit is they're going on a news program, and rather than talking about it, it's just so overcome with, oh my gosh, I have to flirt with you. I mean, and like, let's be real. Maybe if, like, uh, Colin Jost wasn't in the seat and it was Ryan Gosling, no, I'm still kidding. It still wouldn't happen. Like, it used to be more believable. <laughs> right. le- you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's it's silly that it, the whole thing well, was just unfunny. You know, it would almost be funnier if it were, like, and this is probably still not going to be terribly funny, but if it were someone, like, somebody playing Johnny Ive and like yeah. she was going bananas over him or I mean or let's flip it on his head what if we had like a Walt Mossberg type of guy instead of the girl and he couldn't stop flirting you know like why you, you think about that it's like and even then that would still kind of play into stereotypes like well we have to assume the woman would be the flirtatious one who couldn't pay attention but at least it would be like flipping like the the, the notion on its head just the very idea that this is a trope at all and the fact that no one cared I mean I saw people kept sending me the sketch um on Sunday and I didn't respond to it I didn't care and one of my colleagues actually saw it on Monday and she passed it on to me and I was like yeah I saw this she was really really upset it really bothered her. The fact that it bothered her bothered me. And then when I looked into it and realized the only person who had written anything about it was Adweek kind of talking about Glamour's response. One person from Glamour, an associate editor there, was like, this is what SNL thinks of Glamour. And she clearly was not pleased. But then Glamour's own response was was pretty teehee. And it was like, not really helpful. And that was the only comment about it at all. And I went, you know, and I had to think about it, and I got upset because I was thinking, you know, if this had been another topic, if this had been a, a, a different profession, I have to think that the outreach machine would have already been cranked up to 11. But because yeah. it's 2015, and it's still so, to some people, humorous to think that the fact that a girl could be a tech reporter, or that Glamour could have tech reporters, or that they might be interested in gadgets, that this completely goes unnoticed. And and a lot of, you know, guys who I consider allies are like, well, you know, I didn't make me think poorly of, of tech reporters. I'm like, well, in all fairness, <laughs> you're a dude. So you're, yeah. you, you're, you're, you're not seeing this through the lens of someone who's a woman and who deals with the discrimination. And, and also people are saying, oh, well, you know, it's not about you, Christina. No, I know it's not about me. Trust me. I know it's not it's about, about me. It's about your profession. But, it, but it's mean, about women who haven't reached their place and there's career like I am right. you know like I wrote my but, piece but, yeah I, I mean can we say that like the opposite of this stereotype is far more often true yes. like there are a lot of like game and tech reporters that I know that like you talk to them and you feel like they just left the frat house and they would be oh, like yeah. <laughs> yeah like hitting on the girl in oh that completely chair. well and, I mean honestly and I yeah. yes yeah, I mean, but in and and it's just the it just bothers me. I, mean, I wrote yeah. this in my piece, and I thought that this actually kind of summarized things well. Um, I said, you know, when I go to tech events, I'm inev- I'm invariably confused as someone's wife, assistant, or girlfriend. This happens less now that I know more people, but in the early years of my career, I had to constantly let people know, yes, I'm the tech reporter, and yes, I'm usually carrying a designer handbag. Deal with it. The fact yeah, that Z it's snap. still considered so stupid, like so ridiculous, and I've heard that before. Well, you don't look like a tech reporter. Why? Because because because, <laughs> That's because even I like worse. It's not a compliment. Screw you. That's not a compliment. No, it's not. Well, you don't look oh. like you'd be the type of person who'd be into code. Screw <laughs> you. Like, come on. Are you kidding me? Or you don't look? And I bet you get a brie. Like, you don't look like a game developer. Or you or you, Simone, you don't look like a gamer. What's that supposed to mean? 
<laughs> you know? It's the, the weirdest the, 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 thing. Yeah. The weirdest, most backhanded compliment I, that I someone to, could and, receive. You know, I, I don't mean to tell you how to feel about this, Christina, but something that really disappointed me is on your Facebook, it is, you know, a lot of very connected people. Yeah. You know, like if you're, if you're in an industry, like you build up an industry of connections. And yep. I, I have to say, I was... I was disappointed to see the way some men responded to you talking about this yeah. on Facebook, which yeah, was, you know, and one of them took issue with the fact with that your headline, headline was WTF <laughs> oh, and like, applied, like really disdainful, was, like, oh, you're like, just perpetuating the stereotype. He's like, like, oh, like, oh you should be treat He basically, his insinuation was if only you'd acted like a lady and not used language like WTF, oh. which come on, then, oh. then, the maybe, then maybe oh. tech women would be taken more seriously. And that I got that a lot. In fact, I got I, I got I got tone shamed for that piece because I said, and sorry, Stephen, you're going to have to bleep this. I, 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 I said in the piece and it wasn't edited yeah. because we don't edit out it and Mashable. We allow that word to go through and, and it fit the piece. And so that was apparently me, me, being, me being vulgar and having a dirty mouth. And I know you swear in articles. Yes, I do. You have and and I've swear far more than that. I have and, and far worse than that. And, and frankly, more than that one sentence that yeah. it was one of those things that I didn't even blink when I wrote it. And I knew that it, the editor didn't even blink when it was edited. It was one of those things. Christina's ranting. Of course, she's going to, to call it what it is. Yeah. So but but the fact that I was then tone policed. Oh, well, if you would just act like a lady is basically the insinuation. Okay, first off, what you should know is is that the the person who was most really kind of upset about the video, that was actually her headline suggestion, and I just went with it. So I didn't even write the headline because my working title would have been Dear SNL, Go F Yourself. Um, <laughs> and, and so, frankly, I wanted to say to the person who said that on my Facebook, I was like, well, you should have seen what my first my first headline choice was. And, frankly, if, if your only comment is the only way – it you would never say that to a man. That's, this is no. what gets me. A male reporter would never be talked down to for cursing and, and using language in an op-ed that is absolutely fitting and that adheres to the publication's policy. They would never be sold, oh, well, you know, you'd be taken a lot more seriously, sir, if you didn't use that word. It's like actually no one would ever say a damn thing to them. So nope. and also, why, like, why, why should it be any different? What is the outcome of you not swearing in this piece? It's not like SNL is reading it and going, well, we – we would have seen Christina's point, but she swore. Like, but but <laughs> it's purely for his comfort because right, yeah. he doesn't want to see you being an angry woman. Which you know what that happens sometimes. We get angry. Yeah, I'm allowed like, to be and we pissed swear. off at an unfunny sketch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. not sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Silly, for everybody silly, and ridiculous. Christina. I I usually like the 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 actress that I do. I like strong is great. That's yeah. what I could. You know, SNL has a really long history of doing. You know, smart feminist comedy, except they for the do. whole Victoria Jackson. Well, era, I was going to say, you know, they, they have a mixed, like, look. They have a mixed history. Yeah. They, they do. They do some things really well, and some things not really well. I mean, I think that Kate yeah. McKinnon, who I think is their star right now, without a doubt. You know, she's yeah, she's the star of SNL. You know, she's fantastic, and she's interesting in a lot of ways. She's the first out um, lesbian they've ever had on the show, um, which is awesome, and she's mm-hmm. badass, and they do a lot of really insightful smart things and they have a lot more female and women and people of color on the cast now which is great they're doing a lot of things for inclusiveness and it's just a shame that in a throwaway bit that wasn't funny that didn't get a lot of laughs 
you know, with like, why would you go to the, it's just, I don't understand why in 2015, we think it's so unfathomable that a woman could be a tech reporter. Yeah. That's just what I don't get. And that's just this thing where I'm yeah. like, really? I mean, you, we, we, we move all these steps forward. And we talk about how much better things are getting and, and this and that. And even last week when in, in our episode, I was kind of talking about, oh, well, you know, I feel like I'm in a pretty good place as a, as a woman tech journalist. Yeah. Thanks for putting me in my place, SNL, reminding me that, you know, I just need to giggle at Colin Jost. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, well, so I think that's well said. Yep. So we have some exciting news this week for the Relay FM community. <gasps> yeah. So exciting. You may have heard about this uh, on the website, Twitters, whatever. Relay FM is starting a membership program. So basically you can subscribe and su- support specific podcasts that you love. This podcast, you love us. Um, and it's really cool, actually. So some of the perks that you'll get for this are, one, we will be doing bonus episodes in August during yeah, yeah, yeah. Relay's anniversary week. I have been, I have been thinking. I, I have some ideas and honestly I want to hear back from from listeners about what their ideas are because I should not be allowed to run amok with this one of my ideas was that Christina and I should cover songs from Hamilton <gasps> which- <laughs> oh my god and see the problem with this is that I can't sing which means we would have to be doing some of the rap songs the other problem is that I can't rap but I'm willing to do it for you guys if that if that's what you want to hear um, or we could do like an extra regular episode I don't know so Tweet it. I was thinking we would get drunk and have an episode with material where it's the Apple people just arguing drunkenly with the Android people. Yes. Yes. That's that's my idea. That I can do. That I can do. Yeah. Yeah. I don't drink, but I will drink for that. I will make an exception for that. I love it. I love it. Um, or a live episode. I don't know. Or like for with us in the same pay for me to go to New York. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Oh my God. (laughs) Seriously, so, seriously, I mean, if I could talk a little bit seriously about this, you know, one of the things, um, this is really more applicable to isometric than rocket, but you know, there are so many podcasts out there that bro up their game news and the people doing it are marginally talented is exactly like the tech reporter bit, except it's in reverse. And, you know, they do very, very well. Um, one of the things is like when you do a show with diversity, you know, like it, it very often is a smaller audience, you know, it's very frustrating. And, you know, like we had the most awesome listeners to Rocket ever. And I, I deeply appreciate them. But, you know, this is a way that you can kind of support us for, you know, doing this show together. And, you know, because, I mean, I don't know about everyone else here, but I sometimes feel very awkward like being the token woman on a podcast or whatever, you know, and this isn't, that's not what Rocket is. And if, like, you believe that, you know, we should all be able to, like, if you support the work that we do, and I do think that you get a perspective every single week from Rocket that does not exist in the rest of the tech industry. Well, you know, like, we have other things we could be doing, you know, and this is a way to to support us, so. Yeah, well said. And aside for aside from the bonus episodes, you also get 15% off anything in the Relay store, which we have Rocket stickers there, which are pretty great. And I have been meaning to email Stephen back about the t-shirts because I totally want you guys to be able to have t-shirts. I want me to be able to have t-shirts. Yes. Uh, so that's potential. And then also there will be a monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter that Stephen's going to be writing. Yeah, and yeah, it yeah. should be freaking awesome. So Please do check that out uh, at relay.fm slash membership. There are a few different plans. There's a, a silver level, which is $5 a month. Gold is 10 a month. And then platinum is 100 over the year. Um, so if you support us, go check it out. Um, and please 
tweet me ideas for bonus episodes. I I could do an episode full of full of ad reads. I could do I don't know an episode of me squeezing a rubber duck for an hour. I'll do anything. So I'm going to tell you my bonus episode. Do so it. I have been. Um, you know, my husband has stood next to me for so long, like with GamerGate and just so much BS, and he's supported my career enough to like let me get on a plane every week, <laughs> all month, and I've been wanting to do something really, really nice for him. So if um, we end up getting enough money to make this possible, there's a site called DriveAtank.com <laughs> where you can, if you know my husband, this is the most Frank Luther thing ever so it's called driveatank.com and you fly to minneapolis and um you get in a tank and you get to drive a tank around and like shoot a machine gun t- like the machine gun and fire the cannon and there's even a crush a car option oh where they will bring in a car from a junkyard and let you crush it so um if we end up doing pretty well from this i'm going to like set aside uh my part of the money for this uh, and then treat my husband to take him to Minneapolis and let him fulfill his dream of driving a tank over a car and crushing it. And we will shoot a podcast and some video. And uh, I guess that's some market a, listeners will get that. That's a beautiful thing, Brianna. Come on, have you, have you met my husband, Simone? No, I haven't, because when I came to Boston, we totally failed oh. to meet. <laughs> All right, all right. Mostly well, I want to meet your dogs. Yeah. Like Frank, I could take him or yeah, leave him. But the dogs much better, I'm really into. But, yeah. Frank is basically a twelve-year-old. Like, so am I. He's like, yeah. Well, there you go. We'll be. Uh, we'll get, we'll along. get along then. You'll have a lot in common. Yeah. If you want to help a young boy fulfill his dreams of driving a tank. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was relay.fm slash membership. If you want to check that out, please do. And I think that's our show tonight. Uh, what are you guys up to this week, Brianna? Uh, I'm working on lighting uh, for Revolution 60, and I'm heading uh, over to San Francisco next week for a chock-a-block week of meetings with investors, and um, I'm also going to be appearing at uh, uh, Gamer X this year, which is, uh, you know, the, uh, the queer space for, like, um, the game community. Uh, we actually have a convention now that is, you know, specifically for, you know, LGBT people. So um, they were very nice enough to invite me down there. So uh, I'm going to be speaking there at a few panels. And after that, I'm going to be working on investor stuff. So that's what I'm up to. All right, Christina. Oh, well, well, oh, one more thing. Okay. I also, I'm going to have, um, I have some really awesome articles coming out in iMore this week. Uh we got an iPad Pro for nothing more than to figure out, um, you know, there's so many reviews talking about writing on it or drawing cartoons on it. I wanted to find out if you could use it in like a professional game dev pipeline. Mm. So uh, we went through, we figured out their 3D tools, and we are going to add spaceships to Revolution 60 using nothing but the iPad Pro. And we're going to have video showing that to you. Um, a lot of people don't know this about me. I had 10 years of piano. And um, I'm working on a new trailer for Revolution 60, and I'm seeing if you can mix uh, music professionally on the iPad using GarageBand and some of their other tools. So fingers crossed. We'll find out on that last one. Nice. Christina, what are you up to? So, okay, it is uh, end of year, which means all end of year content, Christmas content, gift guide, bonanza. Everything is on fire. Everything is on fire, which means I'm behind on everything. And then it's also like freaking every company is having their holiday parties. Oh, no. (sighs) 
So I'm so busy. So like I missed um, an NBC's holiday party tonight because of this and also because I had another call earlier. Um, and then and then tomorrow I've got like two events I, I have to go to, so, which is why we're actually recording this on a different night. Thanks, guys. Um, and no, so it's craziness. So it's like holiday party uh, madness mixed with end of year madness mixed with like uh, like I've got so many features and, and projects due. It's unreal. So some things I can talk about, some things I can't. But just stay tuned for my byline on, on, on Mashable because I'm just going to be cranking out stuff like there's no tomorrow it's crazy yeah. it's kind of the same thing over here i i swear december came out of nowhere and then Nicole really was did. like, so game of the year things and i was like oh no so what we're doing this year is everyone at the pixelkin staff is doing their own game of the year and then i'm making videos for all of them found that out this week so that's what i'm oh. doing but it's gonna be super fun though uh my my game of the year video which i won't spoil but you can probably guess it it's going to be the most simone thing that you have ever seen in your life and i assassin's creed is it assassin's creed shut up you i'm just anything okay i'm just why know. would you guess that? assassin's creed is not game of the year i was just uh, for I'm me sorry. of the games I'm sorry okay, I okay, okay i mean not okay, that it is okay. it's definitely not yeah. it's not my choice okay. um what okay <laughs> we'll you're gonna have to come on you know uh uh virtual and isometric are having like a merged episode to pick uh realized game of the year you should come on that episode oh, dude, i totally I, i'll be down to fight anyone yeah all right is it, is right, it a pay fight format is that what it, it is it's uh gonna be garage uh like fight club oh and it's gonna be in my parking garage and uh whoever's standing last gets to pick uh That's game of the definitely year gonna you be better put your money on brianna blue well i'm very hard to not i am fierce so. Yeah, but I'm tall. We're both tall. I know you're technically yeah, yeah, taller. I'm a little than taller me, than you. A little bit. Yeah. I, I'm I'll, not tall. I'm going to climb you like a spider monkey. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. I'll climb you both. I'll climb you both. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Where can we find you online, Christina? I'm film underscore girl on the Twitters, and you can find me at mashable.com slash people slash Christina. Cool. Or on Angry Men's Rights Forums. Or yes, you can. Article. Oh, my God. Or I made the mistake of Googling it, Christina, and I'm going to have to go pour bleach in my eyes. Right? Oh, no. It's terrible. No. It's really funny. Oh, it's, it's so terrible. Bad. This is why I drink. Yeah. Brianna, where can we find you online? Uh, boy, uh, I guess the Twitter account known as Space Cat Cow. Notorious. You can find me Notorious. on the Twitter account known as Doom Quasar. Uh, you can apparently find me on Cartoon Cast with Christina and Mike Sargent. <laughs> How is that working out, Christina? It's awesome. It's awesome. We, we oh, do it bi-weekly and our second episode went up it. today. I was consulted. It was wonderful. Yeah. I was not on it, but no, you were not on it anyway. But you were mentioned as somebody who we wanted to consult with. Um, we were talking about our favorite uh, cartoons from our childhood, and our next episode we're doing next week, and it's going to all be about um our favorite Christmas cartoon episodes. Ooh. So, oh. yeah, awesome. I mean it's it's a new show. Um, it, it's on uh, Jason Snell's um the in uh, the Incomparable Network, and uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. You know, like it's just it's a fun show to talk about two adults talking about how much they love cartoons. That ring. If you uh, if you do a Sailor Moon crystal cartoon, oh yeah, no, we will bring. I, you I in have and, opinions and, and, on that. Show. Oh no, totally. Yeah. Like we've, we've got, we have a quip doc for people to like fill out. Like I'll, I'll send oh, you guys nice. the link to, to like which awesome. one, which one they'd like to like be on because we'd love to have people um on the show. We're still just kind of getting started with our whole thing, but um, it's fun so far, and and, and Mike is really great. So yeah, that warms the cockles in my heart. Isometric this week. Oh nice. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the oh, and you can find me at pixelkin.org and remeshed.com. I stopped in the middle of my my sign off. <laughs> um yes, and if you like the show, please review us on iTunes, uh put stars in the places where stars go. If you yep. really like the show, visit relay.fm/membership and yes. pledge money to support us. And uh have a great, wonderful week. Terminated. 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 